Hi everyone, Chris Ashley. It is so great to be back with you here today. So today we're going to talk about a topic that up until pretty recently was pretty difficult for me to talk about, and it is dark nights of the soul. So I hope you enjoy this talk. I hope it helps a lot of you. Um, I've noticed that when other people are able to be vulnerable, it really helps me connect and kind of relate to them in a way and also help me with everything that I'm going through. So here's me spilling it all out to you. Enjoy. So we all go through a dark night of the soul at some point in our life. A dark night of the soul is a crisis of some sort that wavers your faith, shakes the foundation beneath your feet, completely disrupts your life in every way possible. It's a period of spiritual and personal desolation a state of feeling completely ruined and broken. And it often feels like the world is ending, right? The walls are closing in. Everything you love has fallen apart. The foundation beneath your feet is gone. Your support system seems to have vanished. And everything that you knew to be true about your life has completely disintegrated. So we are often inconsolable during this time. Now, it could be the death of a loved one, the ending of a serious relationship like a marriage, the diagnosis of a life-threatening disease, being cast out of a social group, or really any other big life event that rocks your world and sense of self, right? No person's trauma or things they go through is any is, is to be compared to anyone else's. So a dark night of the soul is one of the biggest learning moments in our lives, and it can propel us into spiritual growth if we allow it to, right? That's the key. So it can be a fast track in personal development where you transition into deeper clarity, spiritual maturity, and understanding of life and your place in the universe. And it often changes our perception about who we are. Right? You often end up shedding many conclusions that you drew about who you are, such as your identity, your career, your life as a whole, your relationships, your belief system, things that previously helped you construct meaning in your life. You typically never come out of a dark night of the soul the same person as you went in. So usually, once you land again, the ground beneath your feet is much more firm, and you come out a much stronger, more well-adjusted and grounded person than when you went in. Now, I have personally gone through two dark nights of the soul in my adult life. The first one was when my dad got cancer, my boyfriend of four years broke up with me at the same time, all of these things happened. Both my parents had cancer at once. But the second one is what I'm going to talk to you about today. And it happened when members of a community that I was a part of spread lies about me on the internet. And I think that this is a good one for me to talk about because how many people out there can relate to being bullied online or having someone say something rude to them online or having say that someone say something that is untrue about them online all from the safe anonymity of behind their computer screen, by the way, right? Or we've all seen internet trolls out there attacking strangers, or we've seen cancel culture take people down. 
So it feels really relevant in our day and age to talk about this. And honestly, that's essentially what happened to me. People who I was in a part of a community started spreading lies about me on social media. And the people who posted about me created an invisible filter that distorted everything I had said and done and then flipped it to fit the narrative that they were telling. So friends who knew what these people were saying was untrue did not stand up for me. Other people who had told me how much I had changed their life and how grateful they were for me months, just months earlier, some people even said I saved their life, were now liking posts that were libeling me, if we're going to be real about it. And essentially, they were rewriting their experience. And it was the strangest thing I have ever watched unfold. It was like witnessing a live psychology experiment to see who would be pulled into this thought form of energy and jump on top of this bandwagon. So the whole experience was really traumatic for me. I felt publicly humiliated and attacked, yet I was silenced since comments on these posts had been disabled, so I couldn't even defend myself. I felt completely betrayed by friends. I felt completely outcast and I felt totally lost. I felt like my voice had been taken away, right? Because I couldn't defend myself. And people who had never even met me before, knew nothing about me, were helping spread these lies about me. Now it was infuriating, it was frustrating, I felt unsafe. I, I physically feared for my safety and for my family's safety. And for a while, the whole experience robbed me of my joy, stripped me of my confidence, and quite honestly destroyed my trust in other people. I was angry, I was traumatized, and I didn't know whom to trust. I just wanted to get away from everyone. But I didn't get away from everyone. The week that this all happened, I ended up calling about 80 to 90 people who were part of this community on the phone. And... I, I just talked to them and I was just there to listen and to process along with them and to answer any questions they had and to just really hear them out, make them feel seen and heard because they didn't get any kind of closure. None of us got any kind of closure. And the whole thing was crazy for me too. You know, we were all losing our community, which was really tight knit. And that whole thing with calling everyone for two weeks was the one of the most emotionally exhausting things I've ever done. Honestly, for two weeks straight, I spoke to 80 people on the phone. And all of these people on the phone told me that what was written out there wasn't the truth according to them. They didn't resonate with it. It wasn't their experience. And they told me that they didn't feel that way about me. So it was really just a vocal minority. And it was, a, it was only like three or four posts, if I'm being honest. Um... So that was comforting, right? That behind closed doors, people were telling me that. But publicly, it looked like the world was against me because people were attacking a lot of people in this community. It wasn't just me. But I got pulled into it. So as I sorted through my strong feelings, I realized that the people who had written these hurtful things had made assumptions about me based on the limited amount of knowledge that they had. So they filled in these knowledge gaps by creating stories in their heads, 
which they then let fester until they built up. And then they posted lies onto the internet. Now, one of my four, my favorite books is The Four Agreements. And The Four Agreements teaches us to never make assumptions for exactly this reason, right? We make up stories in our head that become so distorted and far from the truth. And they end up causing us distress, right? Because we buy into these assumptions that we've created, these stories we've created. Now, another one of the four agreements is to always be impeccable with your word. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast or any of my videos for a while or studied any kind of spirituality, you would know that words are powerful, right? It's called spelling because we are casting our spells out into the universe. Now, Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Four Agreements, explains how, unfortunately, in our modern society, most people use the word to spread their personal poison of anger, jealousy, resentment, and hate. So rather than using the word for good, most people use the word to curse and to blame others, right? To find guilt and to plan revenge and to create chaos and destruction. And then he asks his readers to think back on a time when they were angry at someone and they wanted revenge. And then he goes on to explain that in order to achieve that revenge, They said something to or about another person with the sole intention of causing that person harm. And he says people are so calculated in their attempts to bring other people down, right? That they end up lying to themselves to justify the pain that they've caused. They tell themselves that that person deserved their poison, right? And that they got the proper punishment for their wrongdoing. But of course, this is not true. It is not us up to us to be the judge, right? The whole thing is kind of like trying to create a war so that you can fight for peace. That is not the way that we help each other heal, right? That's not the way that we help other people. So what I ended up doing is talking to three separate therapists, therapists in the months that followed this. So I went into those therapy sessions very hesitant with my tail tucked between my legs, right? I was very full of shame. I was feeling humiliated and I was expecting to be shamed like these ther- by these therapists like I had by all of these other people. But I was very honest with them because I wanted to get the best advice possible. So I told them the whole situation uh, the best I could without any filter or lens told them about the nature of the attacks, what was said, um, how I was the person being cast up on this metaphorical stake. I explained how everything had happened, and I, like I said, I expected to be shunned by them. But it couldn't have been farther from the truth. So all three therapists said that it was about boundaries. So this was a lesson, because everything is a lesson, right? So this was a lesson in having my boundaries up now. And they said that the people who had lashed out and attacked me online hadn't set proper boundaries for themselves when they were a part of that community that we were all a part of. So what they meant by that is if those other people didn't like something and they weren't happy, then they could have made the choice to walk away and leave, right? To pursue what would make them happy rather than stay and let these negative thoughts just kind of brew underneath the surface. 
So no one was forced to stay. Now, this was a yoga community. Um, people did get paid for classes. It was a business. So most people were paid $35 a class. And most people taught between one class a week and one class a month. And they did it as a side hobby because it was just a community that loved getting together and teaching yoga. But everyone else had regular full-time jobs, right? This was just like a side hobby for them because they loved it, right? So I was one of the only people who was actually working there full-time. Now, the therapist said that my work right now was to understand what part of the whole thing belonged to me and what part belonged to all of those other people. The part that belonged to the other people, according to the therapist, was that they decided to make assumptions, right? And then they decided to tell lies based on those assumptions. They decided to place meaning on top of things I might have said and done. They decided to take things personally or to be offended when those things weren't meant that way. They decided to see things through their lens only. They decided to anonymously lash out online rather than have a face-to-face -face conversation with myself or, or anyone else who was higher than me right, in this company who might have been able to help figure out a solution if there was something that they were unhappy with. And um, they chose to rewrite their experience. So I hadn't done anything wrong is what the therapist assured me. They told me that it was other people's interpretation of events and how they'd acted that was the real problem here. And it showed where they still had a lot of healing and spiritual growth to do. Because we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. That's such a great quote. I don't know who it's by, but I love it. We don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. So just like how we manifest our world, our reality is seen through our own lens and our own story. And 500 people could experience the exact same event and experience it from 500 different points of view, right? Because they all have different lenses and different stories. So the part that did belong to me, according to these therapists, was how I reacted or responded now, right? Where I went from here. I needed to stop beating myself up about it. So they told me that other people's behavior is more about who they are than who I am. And they said that this event challenged my capacity to not take things personally. You are not responsible for anyone's distorted perception of you, is what they told me. And I needed to stand unyielding in my truth. That I knew, I know and I knew who I was for all of these other people and how I showed up for them. And I know what my intentions were and that my intentions were pure. And I cared a lot about what I did. I poured my heart into what I did. Now, how those other people interpreted that all of that was out of my control and not mine to focus on. And after I was told all this and it started to sink in, I began to pull myself out of this rut, right? I dove back into the teachings and rituals and self-care habits that I share on this channel and in my book, and the joy crept back into my life. Now, when all of this happened, it was really interesting. Um, I've always been really, really skinny. And I've had a really hard time putting on weight my entire life. I've eaten more than anyone I know, and I still could never gain weight. But when all of these attacks started happening, I started rapidly gaining weight. 
And I, I had been diagnosed with Hashimoto's several years before, and I assumed all this weight gain was because my adrenals were fatigued from all the stress, and it put me into a Hashimoto's flare-up. But once I healed emotionally, the weight quickly melted off with how, without me having to do anything, with like no effort on my part. And I realized it was like I had put up this barrier around myself, right, to unconsciously help shield myself from all of these attacks. And then once that barrier wasn't needed anymore, it just fell away. And I I have some other videos that are about this kind of topic that our body is always giving us messages, right? And the reason for so many pains and illnesses and ailments is usually a deeper spiritual message. So I came back stronger, I came back wiser, I came back more careful with my boundaries and whom I give my energy and attention to. My capacity to take things personally has expanded and I try to check myself anytime I catch myself making my own assumptions. And I understand now with much more clarity and certainty that the way others behave towards me has so much more to do with who they are as people and the lens through which they view the world than it does with me. And that was one of the biggest life lessons I think I could have learned. So I have since let go of my anger and my hurt, and I have forgiven every single person who was involved. And honestly, thinking about the events and people who were involved is not something that I waste my time and energy on anymore. So it's not about finding out the why of something that happened. Right? Why is not a spiritual question. And obsessing about the why really is not useful. Insight does not create transformation. Knowing why something happened doesn't change the trajectory of your future. And you know me, I'm all about growth and healing and expanding, right? So it's instead about asking uh, what and how questions, right? Like what next step can I take or how can I use this opportunity to grow? So there are only two paths forward, to forgive and get better or to hold on to resentment and get bitter. Now, Mary Morrissey likes to say that she has two black belts, one in success and one in failure. And I am really inspired by her story. So she built a multi-million dollar business and then she lost everything overnight when it came out that her husband at the time embezzled money from their company. Now, the newspapers dragged her name through the mud and it was because people accused her of being involved or knowing about it in some capacity, which she didn't. But she picked herself up. And she built another multi-million dollar company and then she paid all of the money back that had been stolen. And she tells her story openly at every event, like I've just told you mine. So there is nothing so bad that can happen to you that you don't deserve to build your dream life. And no matter how leveled you feel, you can always build up, right? You can always start over. All that you can really do in the moment is try to make it right the best you can, right? Like Mary did, like I did, and then move forward with your life, right? Take the lessons and let go of all of the emotions that were involved. And to quote the four agreements, always do your best. Don't take anything personally. 
Don't make assumptions and be impeccable with your own word, right? Even if people are throwing daggers of lies at you. And then I'll add on my own, forgive everyone involved, including yourself, because honestly, no one deserves to be punished forever. Now, several months later, with the dust of all of this drama starting to settle, I launched my own yoga company. Uh, It's called Unite by Yoga, and that's something that I had journaled about doing all along, right? It had been something I had been manifesting. And what was really interesting was a large majority of the people who liked those posts about me took classes at my new yoga studio the first week we opened. 23 came and worked for me as teachers. And honestly, just as many more reached out wanting to teach, but I just didn't have the capacity for them. And at this point, practically every single person from that old community has dropped in for at least one class at my new business to show their support. Pretty wild, huh? So now that I am on the other side of all of this and I have enough distance from it all, I can actually say that I'm grateful it all happened. And I really mean that. And the Chris going through all of that would be shocked to hear me say that. Excuse me. But but it's the truth. My growth accelerated in ways I wouldn't have otherwise. It wouldn't have otherwise. And I learned things and I made realizations that I couldn't have possibly imagined before. I kind of liken it to the difference between sitting in on a lecture versus participating in a lab where you get to be hands-on. And the best part about all of this, I love the version of myself who I've become. Now, looking back at events, I can see so clearly that although a lot of these people probably believed at the time that they were doing the right thing, by taking the route of attacking, they became the very thing that they were fighting against. And we go back to that old adage that hurt people hurt people. And so the cycle continues until someone decides to break it. So since our lives are so intertwined and we live in this interconnected world where we're all reflections of each other and there's this quantum energy field that shows us in all of our lives, right, what thoughts and feelings we're thinking and feeling. And I I talk about that so much more in other videos. Since we live in this kind of universe, all it takes is one person to summon up the courage to make a different choice. One person to be able to watch the evening news and choose to not feel passionate anger, the need for vengeance when they hear about people who have caused others harm. One person to not lash out emotionally when they have been let down or their trust is betrayed. One person to not feel blind rage, right? And instead choose to let it go when they're being insulted. One person to choose kindness, even when they are being attacked. One person to respond to hate with love. Now, as this one person makes the choice to respond in a new way to an old paradigm, they make the path easier for everyone else. And then as more people follow suit, eventually a tipping point will be reached in this cosmic canvas, this quantum universe that we live in. 
And all of humanity can boldly step closer toward love and peace. And that is how we heal a sick society. So things happen in life that test you, right? But it's how you manage those things that dictates the outcome you're going to have. And it's who you choose to be on the other side, right? That's what really matters. And it's staying true to your principles, even if it feels like the world is against you. Because every heartbreak, every tragedy in life contains within it a hidden Easter egg. And once you've found that Easter egg, tremendous healing, leveling up, and growth takes place. Now, you will always have haters, right? You'll always have critics. And there might even be people out there who are determined to bring you down. But remember, that says so much more about who they are as people than who you are. Stay on your own course. We all have the same amount of time in a day, a month, a year. How you choose to spend your time and energy matters because your time, energy, and attention is your currency in this world. Now, some people might choose to spend their time spreading hate, uh, lashing out at people online, gossiping about other people, trolling other people, but you can make a different choice. That doesn't have to be how you spend your time. Now, we all go through at least one dark night in the soul, dark night of the soul in our life. And it honestly often hits like a battering ram when we least expect it. But it does not come until up until that time you have accumulated all that you need to not only survive it, but to heal, grow, and then thrive from the experience. Let your dark night of the soul be the rocket fuel that launches you forward. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this helped someone out there. Uh, my name is Chris Ashley. It's just such an honor, such a pleasure to do these podcasts with you every week. My book is available for pre-order. It is called Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on Barnes & Noble. I'll put the links to purchase in the description. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much.